Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Furman beats Virginia. Princeton beats Arizona. Your bracket. Yeah, it's over. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us right now from 93.5107.5. The fan, uh, we're going to preview IU uh, and Purdue uh, tonight. And before we get to the bracket, the Colts finally making a move. A move that I can get behind, a move that I can say yes to. Uncle Rico is coming to town. Garter Mishnu II is coming. He is a Colt. He worked with Stane Steichen, uh, uh, Shane Steichen, sorry, the coach of the Colts, for two years with the Eagles. You like this pickup, or is this just a bit of madness? Yeah, I think we knew that that was coming. We had talked about that before, too, with the veteran quarterback, Tony, coming in here. And, you know, we don't know as of yet if he's going to be an early starter with regards to the rookie quarterback of their choice in this draft or if they're just going to go ahead and set that rookie quarterback free and have him start and have Minshew be the backup. But they needed a veteran presence either behind him or instead of him for a time being. And in one year – and I think that kind of speaks to it as well. It's between three and a half and five and a half million dollars. So I'm assuming there's some escalators uh, for playing time in that contract too. So that's why they got him. He may be a starter. He may not, but it's a bit of insurance for what they ultimately do with a rookie quarterback moving forward in this draft. But yeah, I find no problem with it. I'm, I'm a little uh, head scratching about Paris Campbell considering the lack of weapons that they have even more so now. That was a bit surprising, but not overall, overall that big of a surprise, I guess. Wait, hold on. I missed it. I miss, I, I, I do other work besides this. I Paris know, Campbell I know, gone? I yeah, I, the Paris Campbell signed yesterday with the New York Giants. So I think now on that roster, and you know, obviously they brought Ashton Doolin back, and that's great. He's more of a special teamer than anything else. But there is not a great deal of experience in what that wide receiving room. There wasn't before, and there's going to be even less now. So they chose to apparently go a different direction. And Paris Campbell's in New York with the Giants. So – we are one step forward and seven steps back with the Colts, one would assume. I don't think there's anybody you can point to off off the cuff that is seemingly having a worse offseason in terms of moves than the Colts because I, I, I'm not anti-Matt Gay. I mean, welcome to the team, man. I hope you do great. But no one thought it was necessary if you had Chase McLaughlin. So... What is the the report card on the Colts so far when it comes to these moves before the draft? Well, it depends on how you're looking at it, too, because, Tony, the Pacers did a similar thing, but they were open and out front with it. Rick Carlisle came on my show back in October and said, hey, you know what? Prepare, because there's going to be some trying months ahead. We're not going to be that great. We're going to have some moments. But we're also going to have some good moments. And, Tony, in December, if you remember, they surprised. I mean, hell, they surprised last night with what they did on the road against Milwaukee. So, you know, the bar was raising at the same time as they were growing. 
I don't think you're going to get that from the Colts. Like, they're not going to come out and say, hey, we're trying to go back down to raise this back up again. And I think people are going to get lost on this. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how many people are going to be, as usual, engaged with this Colts team, considering these moves and considering that the way it looks, their outlook is not one where they're going to be making a run at a division title once again. So you have a group, Tony of fans that are happy that they're going down and building this back up. Uh, and then you have a group that says, hey, we've been ra- waiting around here for a long time. Your owners talked about, you know, multiple Lombardis. This is a bunch of crap. And we'll see if we meet in the middle someplace there. But that dynamic is going to be interesting as we move forward, especially as we enter the season. Talking to JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. We'll move it away from the Colts. And by the way, I, I, I'm glad that, that he's coming, uh, Gardner Mishnu. Uh, I think that he can throw. We haven't asked ourselves before I move on uh, to the bracket, where does this put Sam Ellinger? Oh, one more time? I'm sorry, I missed that, Tone. Go where ahead. does this put Sam Ellinger uh, oh, in the pantheon I'm of this sorry. team? I thought he was a guy um, that they liked and they were happy to try him out. <laughs> Clearly <well>. no. <laughs> they liked him. Jim Irsay once upon a time liked him and really – Let's face it, that's why he played, right? That's why he played is because Jim Mercer liked him. I think they have they have fallen out of like as far as the long-term future. They are all in on going after a quarterback. I just don't know where it's going to be, and that's something we'll talk about in the future, whether they draft this future quarterback at four or whether they take the best player available. If it's not a quarterback, an edge rusher, and then you know think they can get somebody of equal value, equal talent at quarterback, at some point early in the second round. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. But, yeah, I'm assuming that the love for Sam Ellinger outside of it being a terrific story is more than likely pretty close to over. He may be you know, on the practice squad. I doubt if he's a part of the roster, but certainly on the practice squad. But, yeah, uh, his time to be a centerpiece on this team in that thought is over. Let's move it over to the NCAA. Let's move it over to the men uh, where you have the two upsets of upsets. Furman over Virginia. Princeton over Arizona. I got to catch that game. It's the first time Princeton has advanced since 1998. It's the first time Furman has advanced since 1974. Yeah. So uh, the seating committee get this all wrong? Or is there a... Uh, are, are these teams better overall than we realize? Well, Furman's legit, Tony. Uh, Furman, and I'm not suggesting Princeton isn't, but Furman is legit. I think a lot of people had that as far as a first-day upset special. It was just Virginia that really screwed it up with the ball down the stretch and turning it over. What's interesting about Princeton is they just kind of fed into some of the legend that is Arizona disappointing in early rounds of this tournament. And this is something for Boilermaker fans maybe to look out for, Tony. Yesterday, there was great play from the bigs because Arizona's a big team. Great play from the bigs, and their guards stunk it up. They stunk it from three-point range all around the floor. So that's something I think Boilermaker fans can keep an eye on. Hopefully that dynamic is not at play with the Boilermakers like it was for Arizona against Princeton. By the way, Caden Pierce, you remember that name from Princeton yesterday? Freshman, 6.7 rebounds. Little brother of Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver. The more you know. Oh, look at that. A reason to to cheer for Princeton other than being in Jersey. (laughs) Yes. 
You can, hey, can share that with, with your friends. Share that info with your friends, buddy. So, so it's clear that most every bracket in America is is now busted, but yeah. we don't care because we've got Purdue at that six o'clock time frame this evening, and then IU Kent State nine fifty five p.m. Break down that Purdue game for me. Where do they need to be? Exactly what kind of production do you need out of Zach Eady and? In a world where top seeds or close to top seeds are falling, um, how much danger are they in? Um, Fairleigh Dickinson is going to press like crazy. Um, what you need to do is put them down and put them down early and leave no doubt. Beat them up by 20-plus. Get your guys some rest and focus in on what the next step is going to be, either Florida Atlantic or Memphis. That is from a Purdue side. And then show some folks you can handle the press because, Tony – Six, seven, and under for Fairleigh Dickinson. Not a tall team, but they are going to press the bejesus out of the Boilermakers later on tonight. And for both IU and Purdue, it is helping around your centerpiece. We know who the centerpiece is. You get production around them. Kent State's good. Sincere Carey is a fantastic scoring guard for Kent State. Watch out for him. But if Trace Jackson Davis gets help, they should move on to round two and face either Drake or Miami of Florida. So help out your centerpieces is going to be key. Once again, we've talked about it all season for both IU and Purdue, Tony, later on tonight. Talking to JMV, 93.5-1075, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. As for that IU game. Kent State is a four against the 13. I mean, uh, do you believe in miracles? It is absolutely possible for Kent State to take down yeah, IU. Yeah. Uh, I got to assume IU realizes there's a real opportunity, and Woodson realizes this is the opportunity to further build this program, solidify himself, and not have a question of, is this a team looking for a new coach in another three years? I'll, I'll give you a little uh... – a little uh, future thought here before we go. Houston won last night. Was not impressive over Northern Kentucky. They're obviously the one seed in that region. Their best player, Marcus Sasser, has a groin injury, which is not going to go away. They look like a mess for the most part last night. I think that, that it makes that bracket wide open. So if you can get to the Sweet 16, now again, that's going to be interesting. But, yes, you survive what you can against Kent State. Later on tonight, let Trace be Trace and get some from production help. Trey Galloway hasn't been seen nor heard from in the past two days. Uh, let's see him get something going, a little jump shooting ability going to put pressure on Kent State and then prepare for round number two and see where this bracket goes because this Houston team that we saw last night and we'll see for the foreseeable future is not the one that everybody thought could run rough shot to the Final Four. They are dinged up and did not look good. So I think that, again – will make that bracket, that side of the bracket, even more wide open and more interesting. IU's just got to get help from Trace, and that starts tonight against Kent State. And as you mentioned, they're really good. JMV, 93.5, The Fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. I have dubbed him so, so it must be true. I appreciate <laughs> you being with us on the com hotline.